Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 14-9 of our <laughs> podcast, and I'm already laughing. We've gotten rather ridiculous. Yeah. It hasn't even started yet. Um, every, okay, first of all, real quick, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm ridiculous. So I just leave it at that. That's my good friend, Purnell. Um, and every week for the past three years or so, we, we get together and we listen to great video game music of all generations, all consoles, um, no restrictions, just just our favorite music within a, 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 a topic. And an absolute sense of amazement, since you brought up the years bit, we have pretty much almost, with the exception of maybe two or three weeks total, we've had an episode every week, and we have, aside from when a guest has come on, which I think it was like maybe in two occasions, we have never replicated a topic. Yes, that's right. And we're not starting tonight. And we're not starting tonight. T- tonight, um, and, and late tonight, for some of us, we have a super special guest. We've been wanting to get him back on the show, do another joint um, session here. We have Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, another excellent video game podcast. How are you doing? Late tonight, indeed, Rob. <laughs> uh, yes, how do, friends? I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm holed up in my... In my special austere grey studio bunker where I work, and I'm just really thrilled to be back on this thing with you both. It's been a little while, and I don't know, man. I guess I should give you some ongoing congratulations for keeping this thing rolling. Yeah, three years. It's it's wild. Uh, well, you just hit your your fiftieth episode, right? That was fairly recently. Yeah, mm. fifty was a few weeks ago. Uh, I've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, awesome all fun. the way too. I think I think most importantly, you've had your third VGM battle. Um, oh, since you brought it up, oh, but well, while I was going to do it, but you started. Yeah, we are issuing a challenge right now. We okay. want to get in on that. <laughs> we need in on that <laughs> international rules um, oh. VGM battle. Yes, we'll have to do. Something. We need to do it. We need to do it. It's, that was the fourth. You know, uh, the other week was. Oh, that was the fourth. The fourth oh, geez. it was the fourth. Yeah, hard to believe, right? Oh my gosh. Uh, no, I'd love to extend it to to yourselves and to some of my uh, other transatlantic. Podcasting yeah. friends. I think <laughs> I think if we're gonna do it, we got we gotta do it with a belt, like a championship belt. <laughs> oh yeah, intercontinental championship, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and then someone can hold it up in the air. And... If you end up bringing like a ringer, we have to locate a ringer of our own, kind of dig deep into the <laughs> wilds of past histories. Like, hey, you like game music, right? You have an, uh, a flair for the for the spectacular. So this week's topic, we've been sort of kicking around. We've been wanting to kick do... Kicking around? Kick, we've been... Oh, <laughs> Christ, it's starting kick, already. We've been kicking it around, <laughs> lobbing it around, you know. Um, we've been huddled up about it. We've been uh, uh, very civilly discussing um, what topic to, to do this week, and we've been wanting to do more sports-related music. Which is hysterical, because it is probably, <laughs> at least where Rob and I go, it's our weakest link. <laughs> it's the weakest link here. Uh, but we've also wanted to have Michael back on, so what we've decided to do is... Football versus football. So that's gonna, right. Yeah, so crack those knuckles. So American football and everyone else's football. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that. I mean, we have a, we do have like a, what you might call minor league American football here, where some universities might play it. But it's true. Uh, uh, soccer, as you might call it, is is uh, absolutely enormous in 
in pretty much all of Europe and especially here. So, yes, that's pretty cool. Because yeah, American football here is more like like especially in the southern states, it's more of a religion. Like they, it's just mm. it's all. It's insane. And then you go up further north to where um, listeners like Alex the Messenger live. It's all about hockey um, to get closer mm. towards uh, Canada. And then that's its own kind of religion out there. But here in our neck of the woods, home of the previous Super Bowl champions with the season kicking up anew, people are losing their ever-loving marbles already. Yeah. Go to a Dunkin' Donuts, you got a massive Super Bowl <laughs> Like just like awesome. trailer, just blocking the entrance. You came in honk uh, and complain because hey, you're paying reverence to the Super Bowl champs. And if you yell, you're going to get thrown out of the parking lot by the fans yeah. or whatever. How do we call it local? But like, I mean, Philadelphia is. It's, we're local. It's we're, kind of local. We're local. It's the closest <laughs> thing we've got. All right. I've had that discussion with folks in the past. When it comes to us, we have no team in our state. Our closest two teams are Philadelphia Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens. So for Delawareans, you kind of get to choose, though I personally believe that we're Eagles because Dunkin' Donuts offers Eagles-based deals and bargains. Right. Mm. Because of coffee and donuts, yeah. we are Philadelphia fans. Yeah, we're not yeah. getting any Baltimore Ravens promos. If you want to change that, somebody, I'm not going to complain. Every time the Ravens win, 50% off my groceries, yeah, just do this thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah, like you could. There was a period where like the Acme was like, "Hey, if the Eagles win, you get fifteen percent off of your grocery tab." Like, come on, Eagles! I don't even know what you're doing, but you got to fly or something. I got to remember to pay attention. That's to how things. they get you, man. That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was that's sports a, ball for discounted wings. <laughs> are there promotions like that with um with football where you are? Not quite as much, but that um that point is is worth bringing up to uh, differentiate between. Uh, your professional game, American football, and the professional game, or even semi-professional game over here, because uh, we have a real overabundance of football clubs. It's not mm -hmm. a big country, the United Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. And yet we have so many uh, leagues. I mean, the, the top four divisions of professional football are uh, all professional, you know? Mm -hmm. This is like, uh, we're talking about maybe as many as 20, 24 teams in a league. And these are the professional ones in our small country, and they all command reasonably good attendances across the board. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, that thing about sport being a religion, it's, uh, there's something in it. There's something in it, you know? People go along, it's like they get into the pageantry oh, of yeah, it and yeah. the ritual. Blind faith, because a lot of these teams aren't particularly good a lot of the time, but it's all <laughs> about you know, holding the scarf above your head and, and singing, uh, singing songs and having a couple of drinks with your friends and family. It's its not even about the sport itself a lot of the time, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to have this thought that after as we do tracks, it's probably going to be less about you talking about the games and more about, so, next football comparisons, because I'm already thinking about a number of things. I was like, I want to see how it is for you guys over there compared to what we deal with over here. Well, Oh, likewise, likewise. Well, let's just, let's just mix up our tracks then. So we'll just, we'll go one after the other, however you want to do it. Um, and we can just talk about, we can talk about our experiences with us. Um, so Michael, what, what did you want to lead off with? What do you want to, uh, kicking off on the field, number, number 46, Michael Bridgewater. <laughs> Here he comes. MP. I need an air horn or something. Got the MPB on. <laughs> <laughs> the MVP, MPB. There you go. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. Well, since I'm gonna since I'm gonna go with the MVP thing, I guess I'll lead with my American football pick, my gridiron pick, tossing that 
pigskin around, as you say. <laughs> yeah. if, if you say that, I don't know. We do, and it's not even made of skin from pig. Not anymore. Oh. Not anymore. Thankfully, at least. I, that's, that's, one the, that's one of the perks. I don't want it to be made from pigskin. Pigs are adorable. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of gross. Well, I've gone with um, I've gone with what I understand is a very popular, enduringly popular series of American football games. This should come as absolutely no surprise. Uh, Madden NFL '98 on the SNES, and I have picked the title screen track composed by Mark Otters. to title screen music from the game Madden NFL 98 for the SNES composed by Mark Ortiz Michael we are transported into 90s sports uh, uh, televised sports (laughs) you are watching Fox Sports (laughs) I'm ready for a perfectly good game of football (laughs) that's it there's um there's this uh, there's a song that is always played before like Monday night football, like the big professional football where it's like, are you ready for some mm. football? And it's like, they use it all the time. And it's just iconic to the point where there's so many yeah. versions of the song now. Is there anything like that uh, for soccer in the UK? Um, ooh, is there like an well, iconic like, tune that's like just... Yes, yes, of course there is. Yeah. yeah. So the BBC has a very long running... Uh, a football highlights show yeah. that traditionally runs every weekend on the same night as the matches called uh, Match of the Day and the tune's like a really jaunty uh, kind of uh, uh, well I'll, I'll try and hum it's like it's it's very like hokey British hey going to the going to the ball game you know it's 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 very upbeat. Anyone from the UK will be very familiar with it, and maybe maybe you've heard it as well. Actually, it's it's like a classic British sports tune. Yeah, definitely. I probably heard it and was like, "That's their national anthem, isn't it?" And I'm, I wish it was. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Well, hey, maybe we can bring in the movement. We can get that bad boy rolling. All right. Yeah, John John Madden Games started way back in, wow, way back in like 91, 92, I think. At least 92. Because yeah, John Madden game. the earliest I played was 92. So the, the story. And the first John Madden yeah. football didn't even have a year indication no. on it. It was just John Madden football. The, the, and I think the Sega Master System had a version of it. Yes, the story wow. as I heard it, or as I remember it, was that um, John Madden, um, a famous coach, um, wanted to use video games as a way to teach his teams uh, the game of football, but then, then also to uh, eventually promote the game of football in America to make it and make it a larger sport, like huh. comp- competing against baseball. And so he looked at games like Tech Mobile and the other um, American football games being released out of Japan, and they're mm. fun, but they didn't exactly follow. You know all of these, all the little rules of football and, and the ways yeah, that make like it. Yeah, so they were more like yeah, the more like arcadey stuff. games and simulations. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So he wanted to kind of make it more simulation-like to a point. Yeah, just to a point where you know, it could still be fun, but you can still learn the actual game of football. So, uh, and that's mm-hmm. where that whole series kind of came about. And his name has been on it ever since. That's right, man. Which yeah, is crazy. this one. Uh, this NS- SNES game, uh, NFL 98, this was, I believe it was the last to come out on the SNES, so this is really towards the end of the platform's commercial life, but oh, wow. they, haven't, yeah. they haven't stopped, though, have they? It's been every year since. Every year. Every year since. From what I understand, it's mostly, like, um, updates to rosters and, I guess, some graphical changes, but people play it differently now. I think it's, there's like the, it's mm. all just creating your own teams and buying microtransaction packs of uh, players and using their stats. Yeah. I, I don't... It's been ruining my <laughs> communal game time with friends since 1992. Jeez. And I will say, yeah. there is a bizarre cult following around this. Now, this isn't insulting to the whole concept because it works. It does what it's supposed to do. But mm-hmm. it threw me for a loop on this. So, football games would come out every year. And they wouldn't regularly make a ton of improvements. It was usually just getting the new rosters and the new teams and new jerseys and all that stuff. So it was like, okay, cool. New game, new year, new season, new game. And then they were like, now we're going to start announcing DLC. You can get, you know, these classic teams and these roster updates throughout the season. It's like, okay, maybe this is the beginning of the end of yearly releases for Madden Football because they've clearly shown that they can just DLC the yearly updates with no problem but it didn't it's like they'll sell a game give you DLC throughout the season sometimes paid sometimes free and then immediately bring out a brand new game which instantly makes your original your previous copy worth 25 cents at the game store and then do the DLC trade all over again and wash, rinse, repeat. I never understood how that works. Like, no one's risen up. It's like, we, you can't do that anymore. I don't know how many other football games there are, though, other than Madden, to be honest with you. Because they crushed them all. Yeah, so that's what's yeah, the, yeah. So if they're going to stay, that's what they're going to do to make money. I remember back... You know, it's the same with, like, shirts. You know, like, replica shirts. They'll be the same, like, either Adidas or Nike shirts. Mm-hmm. Maybe the design... See, my, my team, Sunderland, red and white stripes, traditionally, right? They'll mm-hmm. make a slight alteration to the shirt. Shirts, year on year, it's still the same red and white stripes they've always played in, and the shirts are like what, fifty pounds? So it's a similar principle, isn't it? You know, it's just like blind faith in a in a team or in a in a brand in this case. Mm-hmm. And when the new jerseys come out, you pay that other fifteen bucks again. But I will say, at least if I'm not if I'm thinking about this right, 
a lot of people like that will still keep the old jerseys and wear them as quote unquote vintage jerseys. Oh, yeah. So oh, they'll yeah. still keep pushing that. the news, but you'll wear the classics too. You know. Oh yeah. Nineteen uh, seventies uh, baseball jerseys in America are pretty tight. <laughs> Literally in figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like awesome like yellows and oranges and browns. Nice. Super, super 70s. Like, man, they yeah. don't make 2XLs like they used to. That is true, because <laughs> in the 70s, they didn't, there wasn't such a thing as a 2XL. People weren't eating that much butter. Let's let's keep this rolling around. Purnell, uh, what football game are you rolling with? Bizarrely enough, it's not uh, a football game. <laughs> no, it's a football game, but I only learned about it in the last, like, couple of days. Yeah. Because it released on the Switch this week. Oh, I know you're talking oh. about. All right. Um, it's for the Neo Geo, and it's called Football Frenzy. And the track that I selected is the second quarter theme, posed by Yasuo Yamate, Yoshihiko Kitamura, and I believe someone else. But I'll wait and let Rob confirm <laughs> after this commercial <laughs> musical break. Some football. football, football, football. Do you want some football? I would like some football. So you're listening to the second quarter jam from the game Football Frenzy for the Neo Geo, composed by Yasuo Yamate, Yoshihiko Kitamura. I had another name, Tina Turco. Um, yeah, so it's it's a Yoshihiko Kitamura and or Tina Turco. So I think I don't think they could ascertain um, if it was one or the other. But what I could ascertain is that this track is baller. This is cool. This is like some heavy. Heavy stuff, like heavy, like hu- heavy Hubbard <laughs> style. Yeah, man. Now, I Sounds a- like Judas Priest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta admit a little bit of a secret here, honestly. There was a period in time, though, even though I was a complainer about sports with my family and stuff when they would play. The secret is, 
There was a period where I actually was okay with trying to play sports games. Like, I would play Tecmo Bowl and Bases Loaded, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed them until my brother would beat me by scores ranging between 100 points different. It was embarrassing and depressing. But the thing that made me want to play, regardless of those terrible scores, was that they had freaking music in them. Music that played during the games themselves. Future iterations, actually starting with, like, Madden Football, really, um, was that you'd have music that would play in the menu screens and the like, and then once the game proper got started, it just got quiet, and all you would hear is, like, the occasional whistling or, like, the guy saying, first down or whatever. And yeah. I guess somebody felt that was more authentic, but I ain't got time for that. I'm playing a video game. Give me some jams. I don't understand why they cut that out. Yeah, it's 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 goes to show that we're well, a lot of what we're playing is uh, title screen music or like credits type music because yeah. like the later on like there wasn't there wasn't any music playing during gameplay. I think that was for maybe for authenticity. Um, but even games yeah. like what was it like? I didn't pick one from this though. I technically could have because it would have fit this episode theme. But Mario Strikers, like I figured that would have had music playing during the matches because you know it's Mario, it's arcadey. Oh, that, but no, they went the same thing. Like I just like like I, like I want to hear people get crunched up in favor of a lack of music. Because instead, like no, I want the music and the crunch. But I, I guess prefer- it was a matter of emulating the uh, like live TV coverage, right? Something yeah, like right, that. Right, right, right. I guess that's true because whenever the big plays happen, you got the the metal music plays like he did it, did it, did Yeah. So this this Uh-oh. game this game looks gorgeous. For I think I might have lost you. I don't know. I can hear you though. Dun, dun, dun. Well, you can also pause the record. Ah, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Hello. Okay. Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. Oh, that's okay. A, mo- a wizard did it. I noticed um, it was flickering in it a little bit there. Uh, um, so, yeah, I don't know much about this, except that um, there were some sports games on Neo Geo that were all, like, they were, like, really, like, like um, all of the mechanics of the game were, like, sort of, like, amplified and it became super violent. But this is like, it looks really good. Like, the sprites are awesome. Um, can't say much about the gameplay, but they just released it on the Switch. You said they re-released it? Yeah, I looked at some trailers for it, because like I said, I was actually contemplating it. It was kind of conveniently timed because this episode was coming up. But yeah. it actually kind of reminded me of like what Tecmo Bowl would have evolved into if we didn't all gravitate towards John Madden. Because I can't, mm. aside from like Mutant League football... I can't think of too many arcadey football games that were dropping off once Madden picked up. Um, yeah, like I remember NFL Blitz. Was, yeah, NFL uh, Blitz was, really was a big, big one. one. Yeah, it was really popular. That was like the the NBA Jam. It was uh, it was same company too, right? It was Midway. Yeah, Midway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna I'm gonna completely change gears here and go into uh, soccer world. <laughs> so this Ooh. is um, J League Pro Striker Two. For the Sega Genesis, and yes, all my tracks are Sega Genesis tonight. <laughs> this man went specific. Um, all of them. Um, this is composed by Tatsuyuki Maeda um, for the Sega Genesis, and this is an okay. This is unknown sound test number eight A. It sounds like oh it, man, it sounds like it would like he composed it, threw it on the cart. There's like seven or eight um, unused tracks. It sounds like it's going to be ending ending music. So. I'm imagining the players have just won the championship. They've all gone home. Saved the world. Yes, they've saved the world. Um, From gridiron madness. And they're on the offseason just mowing their lawn, and this song plays. So this is... (laughs) 
Unknown Sound Test 8A from J League Pro Striker 2 for the Sega Genesis. is Unknown Sound Test 8A from the game J-League Pro Striker for the Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive, composed by Tatsuyuki Maeda. So, yeah, I love the sound of this tune. It's got, it's got that funky, funky bass, like almost Sonic the Hedgehog like yeah. level, of, level of bass. But it, yeah, doesn't it have that, like, that, that, that ending credits kind of thing yeah i can imagine this this song fading out and then it says thank you for playing and it shows like all the players like kind of like in the sunset all silhouette you know like they've just saved the world with soccer and then it sounds like the team's in a conga line celebrating winning you know it's got that kind of jaunty syncopated conga feel to it for me yeah yeah like hearing that the celebration continues yeah i just picked it up like all the players are all kind of having a great time over here and then the screen pans over to the right as the city's burning because everybody's <laughs> the just burning. Well, it kind of steps into the question I was going to ask Michael, which is that, well, do people get ridiculously, absurdly rowdy okay, yeah. over victories over there when people win soccer matches? Yeah, so we, we've had... Yes. Our, our, our local, t- local football team has, you know, Philadelphia is famous for just being jerks to everything and everyone. <laughs> like, regardless of who's winning or losing. But I know it must pale in comparison to the other uh, levels of, of soccer fans, right? You have no idea. <laughs> so uh, it's mostly if your team lose, I should say. Okay. So uh, again, uh, I'll, I'll keep mentioning this. I, I'm a Sunderland supporter, lifelong, diehard, long-suffering Sunderland supporter. Yes! Uh, red, red and white tattooed on my heart. And our local rivals, uh, get this, are Newcastle United, and I live in Newcastle, so that makes things very interesting. <laughs> and it's not an ordinary rivalry. It's, um, it's often regarded as one of the fiercest rivalries in all of football. Ooh. We're talking about, yeah, it's, it's maybe on par with uh, Celtic and Glasgow Rangers is another very hotly contested one and it boils over into politics and sectarianism and some quite ugly things wow and uh, newcastle sunderland is similarly uh maybe not as politically charged but it, it gets nasty yeah uh every now and then i've seen some things at games uh, i think most fans are you know obviously ripping on each other if we beat the other team but uh 
it's always the unfortunately it's always the small minority that makes the headlines and right, right. in the bad old days of English football say the 70s into the 80s uh, uh, football became kind of known as a hooligans game like a thugs game mm. and it took quite a lot of years for us to kind of recover the game's reputation mm. uh, and these we, we call these uh, big games between rival teams derbies uh, mm. and the derbies it's, it's sort of like a little snapshot into what football was like in the battle days if you like because huh. I'm sitting here thinking like, like when we over here when the because I've never really followed sports too too much but of course when the incidents take place of course we're going to know about them so in the case of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl it was party madness and in anticipation of it, the cops were outside rubbing Crisco all over the flagpoles, like literally jars of Crisco. Oh, no. Flagpoles that keep people from climbing and didn't stop them, <laughs> no. though. They still found a way. Um, sure. There, was a, there were stories of people flipping cars over, fires breaking out, oh, people yeah. fighting. One guy ate horse crap. I had, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> Which, for the record, yeah. I got to say, drunk, sober, something else, because this is a, well, that kind of podcast. Like, how... Where do you go to sell? Where's your brain gonna go? This seems like a thing a fan would do. It's so drunk, so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, we've all been in, we're all grown adults, and we've all been intoxicated. You've never been football drunk, Pernell. That is true. I didn't drink. From, <laughs> I didn't drink from actual pigskin. I no, mean, so, it has a way. So the, these, the, all of these antics in, in our area, of course, made it onto social media. And, um, of course, the rival team of the Super Bowl, the, the Minnesota Vikings, got a hold of all this. And they're like, oh, my God, they're going to come into our town and they're going to destroy it. And so all over the news in Minnesota. So I should preface this by saying uh, my brother's been living in, in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis for like five years now. My mother just moved mm-hmm. up there as soon as like this whole, this whole thing happened. And all over the local news up there, they're terrified. They're showing all of this, uh, all this footage in Philadelphia of like people like jumping on top of like uh, 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 building awnings and like breaking cars, the and carnage, throwing bottles and stuff. And they're like, they're going to come here and destroy the place. But um, so mom had to uh, be careful about you know, waving her eagles flags and stuff like that. Mm, but yeah, this was pretty funny. So I think um, what needs to happen is folks like ourselves need to get involved in the fandom just so we can be the examples of folks drinking tea around the table, cheersing, like, congratulations, (laughs) that was a fantastic game of sports ball they had there, wouldn't you say? I never thought I would get into, like, uh, uh, sports fandom until I started following um, Professional Street Fighter, and then now I can Mm. see getting into, like, following players and and, and understanding the game so deeply, and and, and it being a personal pastime for myself. Um, something that I did as a child rather than playing uh, instead of playing sports playing a lot of Street Fighter um, like it, yeah it means a lot to me and, and you know it gets pretty uh, pretty emotional I, I, I understand it it's kind of funny in a way though because there was a multiple periods in my life youthful and adult wise where I yeah the his cat is just yeah being the cat's all over the, the table here <laughs> but um where I worked like I wanted to get into the fandom like it wasn't a thing I brushed aside lightly this was a thing where I was like it seems to be doing so well for all these people I want a taste of that so at one point in grade school I tried to collect Donruss baseball cards I got laughed at because they weren't tops baseball cards and I just said screw you guys they give puzzle pieces and then my teacher confiscated all of them so it was like that was a short lived experience but I was trying to like kind of get in on the whole sports fandom with my friends yeah. then later on in life I was an adult I was like you know you know, people go to these sports bars and they hang out and they want sports and they talk so I would go out 
and go to the bar with my friends. I'm like, so somebody tell them, give me the 401. What's going on with this game? What are they doing? <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Why Why are they stopping the clock? The ball hasn't been hiked or anything. I was like, well, because somebody called a timeout. Where do you look to know the timeout was called? They just tell you what happened. I can't see it. How is it? The whole goal is they're supposed to be hitting each other. How is it an offensive line? Like, how, are, how can they call a bad hit when the whole point of the game is to hit each other? You gotta, you gotta think of foot, American football like turn-based strategy. Final exactly. Fantasy football, right? Yeah, it's Final Fantasy football. If you could think of what, like, what, what would be a video game I sport that you'd like to see that has not really gotten a lot of attention? Like, we've got mm. soccer, which is FIFA. And also, keep in mind, fantasy more so than anything. Like, not necessarily like a sim, but like a, just a fun arcade one. Like, I feel like I wouldn't mind seeing an arcade rugby game or an arcade lacrosse game. What about cricket? I think an arcade cricket game could be. That would be cool. I, they'd have to get it really sharp because it's not... It, it doesn't seem like a particularly... I don't think... It, it's a really slow game in yeah. many respects, so you'd have to have some tricky mechanic to get it really pithy. There, I think if yeah. you got it right, it could be amazing, right? There is yeah. a, um, there's a... There was a show on TV called Dahani... Dahani Jones, I think it's his last name. He's he's an American football player, but in the off season on, on this uh, reality show, is that he travels the world and he learns um, the the popular sport of the different country that he goes into. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he does like he does tie fighting, um, he does high lie, he does cycling, um, and then he went to I think it was in Jamaica where he did um, street. Um, street cricket so it was like a short mm. form of cricket that a lot of the kids would play in the street and, and it was, seemed really fast and really cool because I've seen slower cricket before where there's like you know stops and pauses and, and bowling and oh stuff. it's beautiful beautiful yeah. game it's but, really neat no, now I think about it I used to play cricket when I was a kid and we did uh, in training we did have a game called quick cricket which sounds quick more comparable to quick there you go quick it quick cricket, cricket which was kind of comparable to that Jamaican street take you describe. So yeah, it can be done, right? And maybe you could integrate some some spells into that. Like that would be cool. Suggests. Yeah. Or it could be yeah, like um, like Arch Rivals, where you have a button to hit somebody just, as you're switching oh, sides, and just knock on. Yeah, <laughs> real bruising affair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're coming back around to Michael. What's your second second football pick? All right, I'm going to my football for my second pick. And um, this is uh, FIFA Soccer 96, uh, released on the PlayStation PlayStation 1. This was uh, the first FIFA game to incorporate a 3D stadium environment, though oh. it's still, uh, it still made use of sprites for the players, so it's kind of an odd combination of 3D and sprite-based graphics. A bit of a Frankenstein's monster of a game. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a pretty well-fleshed-out game. It's... Uh, Featuring 11 leagues and 59 international teams, and it uh, has a commentator on it named John Motson, who's very famous here in England for uh, commentating on Match of the Day, incidentally. And yeah, so it's got a lot of polish on this game. It's like a bit of a milestone, but uh, the gameplay can leave a lot to be desired. So, uh, but nevertheless, it still kind of helped the FIFA series on its way to, you know, becoming the world's most popular simulation uh, it doesn't really have much in the way of competition these days yeah it's like it's like the mat it's like the madden of the other football that's right that's right yeah so i've gone with um 
as we were discussing earlier, there's no in-game music in these. Uh, I'm, I'm calling this a contemporary game, even though it was released 22, 23 years ago. It's contemporary uh, for, for us. <laughs> yeah, why not? Contemporary uh, so, yeah, this is a this is a track that would play in the menu. Uh, so if you're in the middle of a game and you wanted to adjust your formation or your strategy, then you'd hit start and it would give you a little tune to to uh, make your changes to. This is uh, the only title I could find. I'm sorry to say, was Song Four, Song Four from FIFA Soccer '96, and the music is by Graham Coleman. That is amazing. That is oh, <laughs> that is song number four from the game FIFA Soccer '96 for the PlayStation One. This one's by Graham Coleman and um, someone else. <laughs> Some yeah, what'd you make here. of that one? I love that. I really enjoyed that. Like, I liked how the song was for the first like couple bars or a few bars at the very beginning. I thought it was going in one direction. And then this kind of like skanking organ just sort of showed up. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. And then of course you got the the, the vocals. It's just really, I love it. I think it just sort of like it really <laughs> it completes the whole piece. That track was a hundred percent Scotch bonnet gravy. Yeah. I was enjoying the living daylights out of it and tried to vocalize it. Vocalized it poorly. Didn't care. Had fun anyway. <laughs> it was really good. Um, is this is this a style that you're that you're into? Like like the whole kind of like well, uh, dub. Uh, a dub plate kind of style it is yeah and it's a funny one because i'm hearing um like a multiplicity of styles and approaches mm-hmm. happening on this thing I, I mean i wouldn't even i wouldn't even call this dub or dance hall or i mean it sort of takes a lot of cues from sure those like jamaican styles but there's also uh it's also just kind of jaunty right yeah and i think the rhythmic 
like impetus is sort of uh, reminiscent of maybe even like Fatboy Slim, you know that big beat sort of thing. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to call this, which which appeals to me because I'm not really a stickler for genres in the first place. Yeah. I just I just think it's got a good uh, a good lilt to it. Yeah, and bear in mind you're not even playing the game. At this point, it's not even it's not even the title screen music. So uh, it's like you uh, you're playing and then you pause it. Then all of a sudden, do we have to resume the game? Yeah, it's pretty pretty rocky. Yeah, how is that going to influence your decisions? Like when you're setting up your team? I mean, what are you going to do? Like put ten up front? I don't know. It reminds me, like it just really made me think of like what's going on with music at the time because like 1995. I'm trying to think like it starts off with these like really kind of like 90s sounding synth noises like that kind of squishy synth bass and stuff but then it goes right yeah. into that that organ like they're sort of like slapping on some other style right on top of it it's very it's just very interesting it's very cool well i'm looking mm. this up because i'm that guy at this moment let's hear it so the top 10 songs of 1995 from the billboard charts we have gangster's paradise from coolio okay okay, okay. tlc with number two and three waterfalls and creek Okay, both of those deserve classics. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like most of these do, because I'm actually remembering these tracks. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Oh, I didn't know classic. Seal did it, by the way. Just, uh, yeah, come on, man. On Bended Knee by Boys to Men. Oh, this, this, okay, this is the oh, best man. year ever. Now, this Take track I don't remember. Another Night by Real McCoy. Oh, oh yeah. That's a classic. I love that too, man. <laughs> I gotta feel I'd know it if I heard it, but yes. by titles, not okay. clicking. So, we, uh, Christy and I used to go to um, karaoke at a, at a barcade near us, mm-hmm. and, um, I had, like she was looking through the book and that song came up and I was like I've never heard of this song before like I don't recognize it and so she came up and she just knew every word to the whole <laughs> thing she did, she did the, the female vocals and the male rapping parts like like everything without real McCoy oh, it was amazing I was like who did I marry this is amazing you married the right woman you married the real McCoy <laughs> yeah. that's who you married <laughs> that was like number six number five that's number six I'll nice. go through the full ten because it can be quick Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Okay. Yeah. Take a bow nice. by Madonna. Oh, nice. Hmm. Don't take it personal by Monica. Oh, oh no, they hadn't printed just one of them days. That's probably what that is. That yeah, a yeah. girl goes through. By the way, that was made by Monica. Didn't know. This is how we do it by Montel Jordan. Oh, this and that is was number how two. we do that, that, it. That, that was a that's a sports song right there. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, gems. I think it's funny because I'm kind of scrolling down, like where do I find the tracks that like kind of click to my current style of music listening? And I'm I'm just going further. Further down, <laughs> like I don't think my jams made the top 100. Where the, where is, where is Heavenly? Yeah. Where, where is my bloody Valentine? Where are they now? The top 100. They're still babies. Oh no, my bloody Valentine was oh, kicking no. at the time, man. And they were trying to make their uh, third album and failing miserably in ni- oh. in the mid 90s. Oh really? Really? And Heavenly, yeah, yeah. my trophy girlfriend was, I didn't realize it until I really got into looking up music. They had like a MTV music video that was playing in the States, which surprised me. It's like, I missed out on that. They had a video. But, uh, and number 100, just because of number 100, is Can't Stop Loving You by Van Halen. Wow. Like, what is 1995. Jeez. Taking us back. I'm not hearing any of that in this song. No, not at all, which is amazing to me. I, I love it. I, I love where this sits. You know, all of the PlayStation music that I can think of is 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 nothing like this. And also, I have, to, <laughs> I have to point out right now, while we're talking about music and top hits and my music not clicking in the 90s, that soccer overseas, Michael Soccer. Michael Soccer Soccer. (laughs) is officially top dog for me, at least for the next week or so, because 
Rob and I were in Rhythm and Pixels chat discussing music, and uh, was it Chris Steenerson? Yes. He uh, brought up a music battle, sort of like sort of like comparing, bringing up music and listening to it, like what we listen to in the car. Right. And he brings up a track by Slow Die, which is a band I really like oh, called Star Roving. Oh, great band. Yeah, very, very good. Come to find out, Star Roving is on the OST for FIFA 2018. Huh. They have a shoegaze song on a soccer game's OST. I smiled. I grinned wide-eyed. Like, I almost want to go buy this game just for that. That's <laughs> respect. Respect. Like, I, I like that. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. See, I, obviously we couldn't play it on the show because we ain't trying to get shut down. But <laughs> I'm trying to get shut I can down. at least mention it on the show. Our, our massively popular uh, show here. You never know. Yeah. Never know. All right, what's yours... What's your second um, classic tune? Well, I was going to draw a choice between two tracks, but one of those tracks is by the same man, Graham Coleman, so maybe I could be like the end oh, track or that. something, because oh, I don't yeah. want to double down on him. But I am going to play a track from another game I'm a huge fan of, and I should do Mega Man Soccer, but at the same time, I think we've had <laughs> Mega Man Soccer on a previous episode. We have, yeah, but it's been a while. So I'm going to go with this one, because this is probably the only episode this would ever come up unless we do like a, a Kunio Kun themed episode, which I don't think is happening. And that is Nintendo World Cup for the uh, NES. And the track title, like every other sports track almost we've played on this episode, doesn't have an official name. So it is just Match Theme 1. It is a match theme from the game. That's It's describing what it does. <laughs> it matches a theme. Matches Theme's the theme. a match. From Nintendo World Cup, calling on the Robinomicon for the composers on this one though, because I like <laughs> Robinomicon. It's Kazuasawa. Sweet, yeah. this guy deserves candy and ice cream because this jam is a piece. I've loved it pretty much since the first time I heard it, and this game was one of my favorite NES games and one of my major rivalry creating titles of my youth. People would fight over this game. Fight! You send the guy's player flying across the board, you hit him with a super kick, mom ball flying at him. Oh, so yeah. This is that's one it. of those Technos, like, kin- what do you call it? Kinio. Kunio Kun games. Kunio Kun games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Kazuo Sawa also worked on, like, River City Ransom and Double Dragon 2, um, mm. Super Dodgeball, Renegade. Yes. Um, all of those, yeah. But it's this, I mean, I just had a ball with this thing. Like, 
the game was very fantasy based. Like coming off of River City Ransom and seeing this game on the shelf, they don't mention the connection at all. Like the box doesn't say from the makers of River City Ransom, or it doesn't say your favorite Kunio Kun guys, or hit the soccer link. It's just here's some soccer. And yeah. all you know, you just put two and two together. Like, I have, to, I have to play this. I have to get my hands on this. And just how absurd and ridiculous it is. Like, you have to make a team roster. You have to place them on the field and all that stuff. But once the game starts, none of that matters. It's just people getting the crap kicked out of them. Balls flying everywhere. Soccer balls splitting into two and then coming back together and launching across the field. This is what soccer should be all about. Except we don't have, you know... Extreme arcane powers violence yes we just happen <laughs> to lack arcane powers but if we had them this would be soccer so you have some uh some experience with this one huh mike uh, i do a bit yeah and you know um i hadn't really made the river city ransom connection before surprisingly but uh listening to that and you know reminding myself of how this game looks it's totally there isn't it like this is a it's river city ransom on a pitch no doubt oh yeah uh, so this game, uh, I need to thank my friend Phil Begg uh, for putting me onto this game because, uh, as you know, um, last year I did a, a 24-hour challenge where I played a ton of uh, really uh, strange, funny, or bad uh, video games yeah. uh, to raise money for the Refugee Council here in the UK, a really, really great organization that helps a lot of people who, who need some help. And uh, I was really flagging between the hours of 3 and 7. Uh, all my friends had kind of went, uh, we need to go home now, it's super late, good luck for the rest of your stream. <laughs> and I had two people two people left in the stream. There was Michael Thorne, who is, uh, who's been on uh, Forever Sound version a bunch of times as a guest in the Battle series. And there was Phil Begg, who's just a total night owl anyway, so he was always going to be there. And he, uh, he saw that I was really struggling. I was... I was playing some particularly terrible NES games at that point, and I was just dozing off. It was horrible. I felt horrible because I'd been drinking as well. <laughs> and, went, and he said, you need to perk up with something. May I suggest a Nintendo World Cup? And I went, you know, at this point, I can deviate from my hell list for just a minute, and I'm going to play this football game. And a lot of the reason why he was into this game is because of uh, its soundtrack, including this tune. Oh, it's wow. just a really cool, like, rockin' affair, you know? Mm -hmm. And it did it did perk me up a bit, actually. So um, I think it's, it's a bit of a stretch, perhaps, but this song went somewhere towards saving my life last year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And the refugees, thank you. Or the Refugee Council thanks you. <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong with me? Maybe I've been Sorry, drinking. Sorry. The Refugees thank you. <laughs> President Rodney, thanks you. <laughs> you were a bad enough dude to save the council. No, I feel like... Save uh, the council. Like, like, bad games are bad, like, because, like, the gameplay is is, is, is horrible. Maybe there's not a whole lot right. to do. Like, like, the goal is just doesn't make any sense or it's just completely boring. So then suddenly to have your brain um, uh, stimulated with with something fun and something memorable. You've um, got totally it, yeah. Keep you going. I like, ropey gameplay wears you down, definitely. I'm sure. Oh, like, yeah. uh, like that that whole um, desert bus uh, uh, marathon. Oh, that was, my, that was my blaze of glory at the end. Oh, that was, was it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I turned off the sound on, uh, on, the, on the Sega and I started playing uh, stuff like I need a hero, Bonnie like Tyler, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, Survivor, I the Tiger, just blasting that stuff at 8.30, and people started logging on to Twitch to see if I was still alive. And they saw <laughs> I was just, just cocksure oh, on, so my, on my sofa, like, <laughs> pumping the air, you know? It was great. Desert oh. busting it. 
Well, we are, we're going to be all, all, a lot of us podcasters are going to be together this weekend. And um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to help you through some of those, those crazy hours for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and also don't, don't, don't thank us too much. Cause you got to remember, thanks to the magic of time zones, we can support Ooh. you. Wow, we're wide awake! <laughs> you have been socking! Maybe not me. It's still oh, that is true. For you, it's like 4 p.m. That's way too late for this, you. This is a, this whole weekend is going to be a stretch on, on me because I'm I'm going to be on Purnell time. That's right. Which is <laughs> that's right. Which is some strange universe. It's to me I can only imagine. Um, yeah. So I guess I should just say like I'm doing the challenge again yes, this weekend. Yes. By the time this episode comes out, I'll already have done it. I guess so. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it's you know you can still donate after the fact. So if anyone wants to help me out with this uh, foolhardy endeavor, then yeah, any help's much appreciated, so. Awesome. A worthy cause for a wor- with a worthy, you know, patron is worth contributing to. I want to propose an inquiry, though, based off of what you're talking about, and it ties into something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Mm. So I've been doing game reviews, and what that entails is I end up getting, a, sometimes I get a number of games that I don't ask for. They just say, hey, could you review this? And I go, sure. And I'm waiting for bad games. <laughs> Sounds weird, right? But yeah. I feel like bad games just don't happen much anymore. It's one thing to buy your games. It's another thing when people are giving you the games, and you're mm. still not like finding. Like, I'll buy. I'll get so a game. Like, the I level expect- of quality that that you're seeing these days is much higher than maybe it has been. Yeah, like even like it'll be a game. Someone's like, you want to yeah. review this? I'm like, oh, this is going to be a complete no, no. turd. I'm looking forward to this being bad. You got to get on Steam <laughs> and do your own research to get some. <laughs> to the get truly some bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's some. There's yeah. I'm sure there's some garbage out there. Yeah. Like we should yeah. just kind of come collaborate, come together, maybe in BGM podcast fans well, or something, make, and just come up with a own. list of terrible current gen games. Even if they're retro themed, just games released in the last like ten years that are terrible. All right. In the in the spirit of Michael's endeavor, <laughs> to give you, give you a little bit more torture. <laughs> All right, so well, because we love you. It, it's, it's yeah. That's tough love, though. Oh yeah, the toughest. <laughs> All right, so my last track is going to be an American football game. This is. Um, Oh, I did go. Yeah, I thought I thought I had John Joe Montana, but this is again John Madden football, 1993 for the Sega Genesis. This Uh-oh. is uh, this track is called Statistics, and this is an EA game in the early 90s. So you better believe this is Rob Hubbard. Woo! Hell, <laughs> Rob Hubbard. Um, and 1993, no, no doubt. All right, so this is a uh, statistics. I think this is probably like mid game where you're looking at. Um, like you know, the, this, the the number of times your guys have kicked a ball and caught things. So, John Madden football, nineteen ninety three. Rob Hubbard.
This is Statistics from John Madden Football 93 for the Sega Genesis. This one's composed by Rob Hubbard, the one Rob Hubbard, a fan favorite around here. A legend. God, I love that. that Famous for his take on Dianetics. Heavy bass riff, man. It's so, so heavy. Love it. This is legit. Though a part of me is kind of just joking in the back of my head that you kind of slighted Joe Montana for a second Madden. <laughs> Joe Montana Madden? <laughs> like, just like, Joe Montana, just like in this parallel universe, Joe Montana's like, there's a football-themed episode. Maybe my game will get some respect. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, Joe Montana, no, another Madden! Oh, man. Even retro enthusiasts forgot I existed. Yeah, there's, um... It's it's funny how like you think of football, you think of the Madden games now. But in year was it two thousand two thousand and one with it with the Sega Dreamcast. Sega Sports had their whole like two K version of sports games. Nice, bring it back around, sir. Yeah, yeah. And because you brought up earlier in the episode how like Madden has just kind of persisted, They're, like the only game in town, and that's because EA kind of kicked Sega in the junk. Well, I always thought like especially like at this this era, the ninety three to ninety eight like era. Like I was, I liked to play video games, and so like was like platformers, and it was shooters, and it was RPGs, and I liked all those types of things. But what if you only liked football? You only had like maybe two or three types of games to play, and it was only the game of football. You know, it wasn't like different mm. types of games. It was only the game. It was like, but at the same time, what you though, could you... do with it was only going to be limited or determined by what the programmers were going to be able to do. And now, and now we're not limited by almost anything. Just, but our own convention, yeah. which is how football in itself kind of works. Like, so now it's like now the game you're playing is the actual game. So there's really nowhere else to go except for like, you know, fantasy leagues and things like that. So that kind of makes sense. Mm. But that's the thing that always mess with me. Like, so to go back to that topic. So at that time, NFL Tome 2K and the Madden series and their primes offered very different takes on the exact same game mm-hmm. like if you were to go to a diehard like in this case it was just typically my brother because yeah, i didn't yeah, play yeah, what like were the, what were these differences well don't get me wrong i'm not gonna tell you just, tell me like, like detail like <laughs> very minute like all i know is that my brother was he played them both every time a new one came out he bought both games because he had to be on top he had to be in the social groups that was playing whatever but he always preferred the 2k games like he would rant about how much better they were than madden series like and um, the 2K games were making advancement where Madden was growing stale because they were resting their laurels on what people liked and what was already okay. working, right? It was like they kind of like put themselves into a place where uh, Sega was like ready to kind of do their own thing. Yeah, like a part of me wants to say, huh. this is just me speculating, because oh, again, I'm not the football guy. Somebody can correct me if, if they know. But I believe that the 2K games were the ones that initially created the career mode type stuff, like before Madden games did it. But um, what ended up happening down the line was that 2K started af- offering more benefit to the game, like meaty content, but 40 bucks instead of 60 and stuff like that. And eventually, when it came time to- for licensing, EA pulled a money move and got exclusive contract rights to the NFL franchise license. Huh. So they muscled out Sega from the license, which means now, yeah, they can make football games, but they wouldn't be the real players and the real teams. And... As you know, the diehards want the authenticity. They want yeah. to play with their favorite well, players. Because we remember on the NES playing like um, um, these sports games with the teams that maybe had the right names, but the players were all like made up, or or vice versa. 
Yeah, and then even with that, the think of the most popular ones though. Tecmo Bowl still was pretty authentic. I mean, yeah, the stat there weren't really stats, but the players there was the authentic team, yeah, the, the, the authentic the, players and their players. numbers. Yeah. So it was like even then, like people generally gravitated towards what was most like their favorite sport, you know. So yeah. to take that away from this company, no matter how much innovation they do doesn't matter if you don't have the actual players so it effectively killed nfl 2k and madden still is moving as kind of the uncontested ruler of football gaming to this day Hmm. i think to an extent a similar thing happened with uh like soccer football games because uh for a long time uh fifa had some competition with uh, konami's efforts like uh, international superstar soccer Mm -hmm. and uh and of course uh, fifa they had the licenses to get uh, eventually get some real uh player names in there but i was i've always been amused at how konami tried to uh not have the official names in correctly because they weren't licensed to do that but they would get around it by uh having names so instead of david beckham say have uh david backham or something <laughs> like you know things like that and well, you, could, you could always just customize the names like manually anyway so you could just change it right okay <laughs> so konami had a phase of uh kind of playing a bit of a sneaky game there but in the end fifa just bulldozed everyone okay actually speaking of like relation to that stuff have what was your did you ever get a chance to try games like inazuma 11 like what was your take on those kinds of games oh i'm not familiar with that at all to be honest is this like an anime game yes and no it was like i'm trying to remember the name of the door i can't want to say it's nintendo but it was Nintendo's of Japan's like take on like soccer, like a soccer game with a story, like an anime soccer huh. story game. And we didn't get our first version of it in the States until the 3DS version got a digital port. And I didn't buy it, but I remember when it got announced, people were like saying, finally, the Inazuma series is here to try out. Da-da-da-da-da. And I was just curious if you like heard anything about, or if you actually got a got a chance to play one like the retro versions of it, like on an emulator. I or like something. that. So instead of like a uh, oh. instead of a, a career mode, you're playing like the story of like a team. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Like, here's a bunch of people yeah. who have a relationship with each other playing this game, kind of like Ice Shield 21 for football would have yeah. been. Well, I mean, like that that kind of harks back to like the popularity of, of of sports in general, right? Like you have so many um, local teams in the UK, and we have so many local teams out here, like you people rally behind them because they feel like they're rallying behind their town their hometown and it's like a hometown um uh pride right mm-hmm. yeah it actually makes me feel kind of like dark in the sense where it's like i feel like would i would i be more interested if i was more familiar with the individual players and it was like well this quarterback is playing because his mom is in the hospital and if he wins this game he will get enough money to pay her medical bills and this guy over here his little girl really wants to go to college and if they win she'll go to the top school in the midwest it's like who do i root for they both have such noble causes and they're good at the game let's watch this drama uh, unfold maybe not in professional sports but maybe more on the uh the uh the lower leagues (laughs) <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. It's like there's something to that. Like why like those shows and like the Inazumas and whatever, mm. why they work so well. It's like, well, because you feel invested in the individual players, yes. not so much the overall team. Though if you like enough of the players, you are going to be missing the team. But there's a there's a certain drive to that. Like I want these cool people to succeed at their endeavor. Work together 
and use your devil bat dive to leap over the defensive line. No, no, Michael, you're you're very much into uh, basketball. Do, do you have any players that you feel um, like a personal like affinity with? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, ooh. Um, I'm not sure about affinity, but definitely a deep admiration for um, the the player coach of my local team, the Newcastle Eagles. He's a guy called Fabulous Flonoy, which is a tremendous name that's to start a, with. That's isn't an it? awesome name. <laughs> yeah, and um, he's. Uh, I mean, he. I think he must be in his early 40s now, but he's still playing competitively, which is incredible to start with. I mean, his knees must be completely shot to start with. But uh, he was. Uh, he's from the South Bronx originally, and a particularly uh, nasty corner of the South Bronx, which, you know, it's. Uh, I'm doing a hip-hop PhD, so I know exactly how rough the South Bronx was in the 70s, right? And um, he, uh, he 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 admits that basketball kind of saved his skin. He found a good coach who got him off the streets, got him out of potential trouble like uh, drug dealing or whatever. And he just went from being a, a really inept player to being like a very industrious, uh, driven individual who went to find a better life. Uh, bringing basketball to a corner of this country which is not really known for its basketball and uh, Newcastle is the most decorated team in British basketball history largely because of his efforts so uh, and he's like a real perfectionist when it comes to training apparently he just completely it's a, that tough love again you know just completely yelling at his team the whole time <laughs> but but only because he wants the best for them you know so yeah, yeah. I really admire that I think that's that's what and you know you, you'll take a defeat really badly, but you'll still have utmost respect for the opposition, and that's that's what it all boils down to for me as far as sports go. So Fab Flanoy in the British game, as far as NBA, um, I like the Houston Rockets, and my favourite player is uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, who's uh, I don't know, I just like his. He doesn't have much of a a flashy demeanor. I mean, he's been retired years. Uh, he, he doesn't have a flashy demeanor about him, but he's also a very disciplined, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, basketball comes first sort of character as far as I can tell. So I'm into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that reminds me of something, like a thought too, that has been around since, you know, my brother was playing basketball way back in the day and in recent times, which is that there's something to be happy about when it comes down to like basketball, co like sports coaches of youth leagues, and even also of, you know, adult teams, like, you know, professional teams, if they're more in it for, like, the passion of the game and yes, for influencing yes. their teammates, the, the team members, like you mentioned earlier, because there are definitely some coaches who are in it for all the wrong reasons, like, just for the prospect of, like, gambling for money or whatever. Mm -hmm. There was the Stormers Classic incident that came up here, like, a year or two ago, where, like, it turned out they were pretty much gambling on the kids in Vegas and crap. Oh, it was really oh, awful. Man. Yeah, it was rough. It yeah. was awful. And Stormers Classic was a really big part of like youth basketball around here. So they have that get shut down for selfish reasons, literally. Yeah, it was just depressing. But by that same token, like my brother would tell me stories about this guy named Coach Lee mm -hmm. that would coach for the Salvation Army we used to go to. It was like a community center. You know, kids and that we didn't have a lot of money, but we could go there and they have like free games and they have like coaches that would help the kids play ball. And this guy made such a difference for so many kids. Like, he gave them discipline when they didn't have it in other places, stuff like that. Gave them to work towards it. And even now, like, my brother's, this is like 25, 30 years later, my brother is still associated with this guy. Like, he looks at me like a second father. Like, and I can picture how many other kids have that relationship with their different coaches. And to me, that speaks volumes 
along yeah. enough volumes to say, even if you're not a fan of sports in general or the whole concept of teams and that stuff, there are some serious positivity that comes out of sports yeah. and sports relationships. It's just yeah, worth it. So. I just ramble like crazy. No, that was a good story. I, I didn't really know that yeah. about how you how you felt. I didn't know you felt that way about it. Oh, or maybe, yeah. maybe you've learned more about it through through recent years. Oh, I got as, as your brother's been more involved. Yeah, especially also that too, because yeah. Darnell does that. He coaches a lot of youth basketball leagues, and he comes across some kids where I mean, if you didn't like, these are the kids where if you didn't know anything better, you're just kind of walking around. Kids that you would see and like, oh. Walk on the other side of the street because I don't know what I'm seeing. I'm scared or whatever. But the reality of it is they're just hanging out. They're doing their thing. But at the same time, they sometimes they might not have anywhere to go. Like they're just kind of hanging out, wishing they had something to do. And then this guy says, hey, we have these basketball teams. We're setting them up. Come down to the park. We're paying for out of our own pockets yeah, to yeah. give you something to do. And the kids latch on to it, and they have a ball. Like they have what gives them a purpose, a place to go. It just It's just amazing to see. It happen and flourish. Yeah, having a having a place to go, like a a thing to do for the afternoon rather than hanging out on, mm. on the corner in front of your house. It's it makes a huge difference. Yeah, huge yeah. huge difference around here. I agree. All right. Um. So our last track is over. We're gonna say goodbye to Rob Hubbard, and we're gonna enter into the bonus round. Perfect game of bonus round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna pass the ball. Over to Michael for the bonus round on this one. Um, the bonus round where we play covers and arrangements um, and remixes on our theme. Um, we have kind of a dual theme today, so um, I'm kind of curious which way did you go? Which way am I going? Hey, don't be a fool. I'm going with real football. I'm going with soccer. <laughs> and I've picked uh, <laughs> the real McCoy. Oh, it all comes out now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yes, it does, Rob. I've gone with uh, a reinterpretation, uh, an arrangement of. A tune from Microprose Soccer uh, C64 game. And this is a track I found on remix64.com, which is a really great resource for arrangements and remixes of tracks from Commodore 64 games. Uh, it was founded by uh, a really incredible modern C64 composer called Elman, uh, whose real name's Marcus Klein. Mm -hmm. So he's he's got a real love for the game, as it were. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Microprose Soccer. It's kind of regarded as the very best football game on the C64, and I'd agree with that. Like, There's some terrible games on the C64 that are about football. And uh, it's by um, developed by Sensible Software, who went on to make uh, Sensible Soccer, oh. which is a legendary Amiga yeah. game. Yeah. That you, rings yeah. a bell. I've seen sen like the Sensible series. I mean, I, the, the... Right. Didn't it get a comeback on the 360 recently, of all places, like the indie scene? I'm a double there, check on yeah, the Yeah, they kind of... I can't remember what it's called, but they have remade sensible soccer and it looks like a pretty nice project yeah so you can kind of think of uh micropro soccer as a, like a embryonic 8-bit version of sensible soccer uh anyway uh the music on the c64 game was originally by martin galway who is in the pantheon of legends like rob hubbard and all them mm -hmm. uh but this um i'm gonna play micropro soccer rock and roll mix uh which was made by johan anderson
That was Microprose Soccer Rock and Roll Mix from Johan Andersen. Yeah, Purnell was all about this track. Oh, man, I was, feel, I was getting my Gidget dance on. It was straight <laughs> off the beach. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I love that, that guitar sound. It was, it was yeah, kind of surf, but really, really clean. Felt and rather then, groovy. Yeah, and then the claps came in, and then and then Purnell started moving. Oh, I was grooving all right. <laughs> I, got, I was joking about her. I was like, okay, we have a little bit longer in the episode. I'll just hold it. I'll go to the restroom later. <laughs> And then as this all started kicking off and all of our laughter and the dancing, I was like, well, so much for that idea. <laughs> that plays out the window because I grooved it's not gonna too happen. much. Not, not going to happen. happen. Too here. much grooving. You're here. Insufferable soccer. Insufferable <laughs> soccer. That is so great. Oh, I love that. That's one from. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be the cover image for the show. It's going to be us really, really sadly. You're going to get your own back on me for saying what I said earlier. <laughs> we were joking about. Um, we were talking about the psalm, the the sensible soccer, and I thought I found a port that was done on the 360 mm. or like a. Oh, you did port. though. Yeah, you did. But then there's also sociable soccer, which is like a a fan-made take on sensible soccer. Like that, so yeah. yeah. And then insufferable soccer was born. <laughs> yes, it was. Mm-hmm. All right. What did the A button do again? Oh, the um, uh, the A button was to stop crying. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And the B button was to sit on the bench and think about your life. <laughs> and C, C was, was the to pass. <laughs> C was to pass the whiskey and then pass yeah. out. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to stick with the Sega Genesis on this one. This is the Tecmo Super Bowl special theme song, but it's a Genesis arrangement called the Brazilian-style Genesis arrangement from the artist Mr. Joker 27, who has, if you look this guy up on on YouTube, I've got, um, I'll have links to it on the the website, but in the show notes, just like 30 or 40, like it's really amazing Sega Genesis arrangements of NES and, and SNES tunes. So this is for Tecmo Super Bowl Special Edition from Mr. Joker 27.
right. This was um, Tecmo Super Bowl Special Edition, uh, a Genesis arrangement um, arranged by Mr. Joker 27, um, which was really, really cool. I, I, there was There are a lot of rock Tecmo Bowl jams out there, and they're all, some of them are just fantastic. I think we, we played one from uh, the band Lame Genie um, really early on in the show, which I loved. It was really short. It was like a minute and a half. Um, but to, to hear an arrangement on a completely different sound chip, I'm always into that idea. And mm. that was a that was an yeah. excellent pull there because that was, oh my God, yeah, we were just talking like, about this episode has had such great jams. This is a football soccer episode. Did not expect that. Not saying the games didn't have it, just I didn't expect it. Man, was I glad to be wrong. <laughs> now, I stepped on your toes. That should have been your pick, but I just kind of went with it because we took a little break. So what's your pick? Well, I got to go with this. I was I was shocked. I was trying to find a remix to the defensive theme because that was one of my selections, but I could not find such a thing. Mm-hmm. But I did find a good one for the offense theme to the game Tecmo Bowl. And it is called Touchdown Hoedown. Composed <laughs> oh, by... Well. <laughs> yes, it is really unexpectedly good by a... Well, I'm trying to remember. I wrote it down. It's all gibberish like Varez. Yeah, yeah. Vunez. Oh, Vunez.
welcome back. You just listened to the new theme song for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> that being the touchdown hoedown from the remix from the game Tecmo Bowl. Composed, done by Vunez. Oh my God, this track makes you want to dance. I had, yeah, I like that. I love this thing. That was very, very good. They're very, um, yeah, the, very. The, the hoedown was real. The hoedown. Yes. <laughs> no, I felt it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, toe tapping, very dancey. Um, yeah, I wonder if if that one if he played all the instruments and then just sort of maybe multi tracked it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. That's that's a lot of what yeah. Chris Beans does, right? Yeah, he plays every instrument and then just kind of comps it all together. And then when he does like the music videos, like he'll actually show himself playing each instrument mm-hmm. at the time that he's playing them. And it's like like a four man concert. Yeah, I like it's all that. him. Well, for more information on the artists in the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to their uh, band camps and SoundClouds and YouTube pages and everywhere you can go to uh, buy the music, uh, get the music, and support the artists. You've been listening to episode 14-9 of Rhythm and Pixels, our, um, our look at football and football. It was a battle where everyone won. Football from all corners of the world, where one corner is just football. <laughs> I, I walked in ready for a bloodbath and walked out yeah. so, uh, with a smoothie. So you were saying that it, it's, uh, the north of England is where football is really really a thing or is it really is it from there like their origins kind of, of yeah um well one of the so i'm from uh, uh a kind of province a county called county durham in the northeast of england mm-hmm. which is really not all that far from where i live now in newcastle and uh there is a a team that still exists it's a non-league team called west auckland and west auckland have the distinction of winning the first ever world cup and uh, to win the World Cup, they beat uh, the, the famous Italian giants Juventus in the final. Uh, so this is before FIFA made it like an international, mm. you know, like England versus Spain, etc. Uh, it was clubs playing each other. And uh, yeah, I, I don't have the history in front of me, but it started out as like a teachers association game. And just the simplicity of it, you know, the power and simplicity of the game won a lot of people over. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of British people went over to Spain and introduced the game down there. Um, and that just kind of spread like wildfire. But yes, uh, I suppose maybe I am a little biased, but I would I would say with a certain degree of confidence that uh, football uh, has its roots in uh, the northeast of England and it's kind of a to, to me it's sort of a spiritual home you know it's i think he's got a look at the passion of the sunderland fans and the newcastle fans it pains me to say <laughs> uh, to uh to see that there's some iron in that uh yeah i mean i love football man it's uh sometimes it's sometimes i don't always like it but i'll always love it you know what i mean yeah no yeah. I, I get it i get it um yeah uh, american football i mean like a lot of things in the states we say always originates from the East Coast since we've settled in the East and moved out West. Mm. But um, yeah, the roots of American football are definitely rugby based. And um, I learned uh. recently that the, the the early version of the game was so much like rugby and it wasn't changed until like the 20s um, that they started breaking it up into downs and it was more of a strategic uh, technical game. 
Um, so much so that a lot of the teams at the time couldn't get their head around it. And so like the top teams, they all started sort of going back and forth. Um, you know, which one was in the, in the, 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 the fans didn't know what to do with it right away. But mm. I learned about this because there was a whole story about a New Jersey um, team that was excelling really well because the coach was having um, health issues. Mm. So um, what he did was he met with a man named John Kellogg. Uh, of like the Ke- Kellogg's? Kellogg's, yeah, yeah. He was a you mm. know, total health nut, uh, yogi, and um, of course was pushing his, his, his new breakfast cereal. Like Wheaties. And his new lifestyle of vegetarianism. And so he encouraged his team to go completely vegetarian in a sport where it is all about like you know eating steaks and whole chickens and you know, getting huge <laughs> and jumping on the field and crushing people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they became I forget what the name of the team was, but they became known as the New Jersey Vegetarians. And they and because they I don't know maybe because of their health, but because of maybe because the the, oh, no. the the game changed at the time, they just flew to the top of the ranks and just crushed everyone. And so what everyone was making fun of them originally for you know being these weak vegetarians they were just suddenly uh you know they they raised the profile of a vegan diet in america kind of makes you wonder in a sense where it's like these team these guys are like out running the defensive line Mm -hmm. getting to get the touch they'll slam the ball down you get this guy like (gasps) (laughs) stupid Rabbit man, <laughs> you know, uh, vegetarian myself. I still say that there's, it's, it's really important to have a balanced diet. You know, oh yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it, all things in moderation and both together, health, yeah, both for health consciousness is, is and, and for um, environmental awareness. But too, like. they, 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 mm. they proposed and they supported the the lifestyle of uh, vegetarian diet, um, no drinking and no cursing. So. <laughs> That does all those really? things together. Yeah, it was very important to them. That does make me wonder. Though this is something we'll probably have to look up on, like on our own later. But like now, I'm curious about whatever happened to the New Jersey team. Like, because I'm trying to remember. Like, what is the New Jersey football team at present? Do I don't they think, have one. I don't think they have one. But no, this is like the 1920s. That's what I mean. But like, you know, of course, I'm sure. Like, you know, a lot happens over the years. But I'm genuinely curious just what happened uh, to their team. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, have to figure that out. But um, yeah, it seems to seem more like it seemed more like it was colleges. I wonder if um, Delaware ever had a team that. that just vanished. Well, the Delaware has the, the the fighting blue hens because of our long and storied history of chicken fights. Yeah, Mark <laughs> told me about that yesterday for the first time. I was shocked. He's like, you know why we called the fighting blue hens? Like, it was the cockfighting. Like, are you serious? He's like, yes, yeah. cockfighting. Blue hens were very powerful contenders in the ring. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but we have a local baseball team in the city of Wilmington where we are called the Blue Rocks. Rocky Blue Winkle. Uh, because of the, um, the, the, the the cliffs and, and the, the mountain, not mountainous, but like the boulders of the area are kind of bluish mm. in color. Because they are mountainous region. Well, it's all it's all quartz. Well, there's there's parts that are pretty steep cliffs, but um, <laughs> the, 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 the story goes was that there was a show being put on for little kids in between um, like the seventh inning or something. And they all these guys ran out in um, vegetable mascots, mm-hmm. like carrots and cucumbers and celeries. They all ran around, they danced around, they did their little song, and they left. So the story goes was that a week later, some guy was drunk in the back of the stadium and found the broccoli outfit mm-hmm. and ran out on the field during the game, and people <laughs> loved it. So now... Like every time there's a home run, the guy in a broccoli costume will just run out on the field, <laughs> and he is like the That's incredible, the unofficial uh, mascot of Wilmington is, is his dancing broccoli. Oh, that's fantastic! So dude. funny that I, I like. Love it. I love it so much. I just picture Rocky Blue Winkle out. Madness. 
Like, yeah. uh, the original mascot for them is Rocky Blue Winkle. Yeah, which is so just, like, kind of, like, a thing. Like, come on. I like, just picture him being out in the field doing his thing, and then this broccoli shoots out, and it's like... I'm imagining trying to tell, like, an eight-year-old or, like a, like, a young kid, like, who Rocky Bullwinkle even is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it just... I'm sure that the people who are looking at it now, they don't know about Rocky, like, like Rocky and Bullwinkle. They just know, here's this yeah. blue moose. But, uh, Whatever. Yeah, the whole thing around mascots are, are crazy. crazy. Yeah, really have crazy. you seen um, the t- the Portland Timbers? You know the, the MLS uh, soccer team, Portland Timbers. Do you know about their mascot? No, no. Uh, is it safe for the radio? <laughs> yes, it is. Just about. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not safe for the mascot himself. Uh, the guy's <laughs> called uh, Timber Joey, okay. and uh, basically, uh, from what I understand, whenever the Portland Timbers score a goal at home. There's this guy with a massive chainsaw comes on with Whoa. a log and starts sawing the log in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> what? And at the end of the I'm not game. making this up. So celebratory uh, wood sawing. That's yes. I, I swear, also, God. I love that. I guess at the end yeah, of the right. episode, you can just have like celebratory official Portland Timbers <laughs> firewood. Take it home today. That's so fun. Yeah, you can take like the the pieces of wood and throw it into the crowd. Yeah, that's part <laughs> for me. Is the plenty. That's my favorite part is like if they score a goal, but then the opposition like very quickly responds and gets their own goal back. I mean, this guy is going to be like, all the crowd are all subdued after that, and he's still <laughs> sawing through this log. Like, oh, jeez! <laughs> I'm just picturing a guy throwing logs into a crowd, That's just like so beating funny. people. Well, the sound of like of, of like a chainsaw going through wood is kind of like a heavy guitar, you know, like mm-hmm. heavy metal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that, that yeah. is the most metal mascot. Beats, beats the broccoli, but we do like our <laughs> we vegetables. Need to get, we need to give our broccoli a chainsaw, clearly. <laughs> yeah, Delaware teams would probably or, just be beer-related. Or a bandolier with beers in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just beers across the chest. Yes! I love it. Well, beer-to-leer. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Um, if you would like to um, get in contact with the show, um, if, uh, if you have track suggestions, topic suggestions, or if you're an artist yourself and you would like to uh, chat with us, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, and if you would like a full track listing of our shows, access to all of the episodes and links to all the other stuff that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. You can see us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all those places. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, we have a little uh, group on Facebook called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. You can look us up there, and that's where we're playing. Um, we're playing video games every month yep, together. Talk, yep, talking shop about games and just generally having fun. And once each month, we have one to two games that we just yes. kind of collaboratively play as fun. Like right so, now, I think we got Star Tropics. Yeah, this September 2018, we're playing Star Tropics, which I've only started, so I'm, I'm actually going to get into that one this year. Likewise, because I've never played it until now. No, so. no kidding. Once I get back, once we get back from Retro World, I'm going to get into a deep. Um, and if uh, you'd like to support the show, uh, you know, just share it with your friends. Just tell people about it. Tell people what you're listening to. Um, share it on social media. Um, you can also support us on Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/WhereTheManPixels. Um, at the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our patrons. So we'd like to thank number 42, Brian Kunkel. Big man Kunkel. Uh, number 53, Alex the Messenger Messenger. Getting his ninja on these days, I heard. <laughs> yeah, um, um, we have Star Forward, number 33, Bobby Arson. No conspiracies, no no problems with this guy. Um, I'm halfback, rambling. quarterback, fullback, eighth back, 
Applejack. Applejack. We have Cameron Worma. Thank you so much, a new supporter of the show. Um, we're going to be seeing him this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, on the on the pitcher's mound, we have uh, <laughs> we have Christopher Shenson. Thank you. Awesome guy. Shenstrom. I'm sorry. Christopher Shenstrom. I'm going to get people's names right. That's my new thing. You're working on it. Yeah. One, one day at a time. It's all about earning that chip. <laughs> um, and then uh, defensive lineman Damian Beckles. Thank you so much for your support. Broad shoulders for broad yeah. power. Uh, Coach Wicked Sephiroth. Thank you. <laughs> motivating, <laughs> motivating the youth. Um, uh, the team manager, OK Impala. Thank get, you. Keeping that money in order. Oh, man. We got, why we have so many more patrons all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like fan uh, number five. Yeah. I can cancel mine if you want. No, don't you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we have um, uh, pitch hitter Carlos. Um, from the, the uh, Heroes 3 podcast, uh, um, a podcast about kung fu movies. You can check that one out. Um, we have Henrik Anderson. Henrik Anderson, he hated Black Ooh. Panther. Really? <laughs> yes, oh. I don't know why. Oh, well, he's he's our catcher. Um, we have, <laughs> <laughs> he's our catcher. We have um, uh, the umpire, referee, and all-around awesome guy, uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Oh, my God. That's you. Hey, that's I'll take right that. <laughs> I'll take that one. Um, okay. And we also have um, a cricket player, because I don't know the the uh, you know the names of all the positions. Brian Pitt. Yeah. Which reminds me, I finally got, around to, I finally got around to ask him about his, um, about his Zelda runs. He did say it was cool to post the review, so on Monday at least I'll have the link up. Oh, great! For the reviews, it is a pretty cool adventure of a person as an adult experiencing the Zelda franchise for the first time. Interesting stories that come out of it. I can tell you that much. We have a uh, Morton Gangso who plays goalie for um, Player One and Player Two sides. Very, very impressive. That sounds complicated. He just, he just runs back and forth. Um, we also <laughs> no, we also have um, in left field Chris Maria yeah. Chris Murray. It's my man. And in uh, right field is Joe Vasallo. Thank you so much. Mixed Master Salo. And um, we have our star strikers Chris Steenerson and Daniel slash David slash um, Danderson <laughs> Hercules Smith. Thank you all so much. Hercules. Smith. Thank you all so much for sitting through that. Um, like we do every week. Um, it's patreon.com slash Pixels. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you, Michael, for coming on our show. Hey, thank you both for having me. Honestly, uh, your show is a uh, is as constant as the Northern Star to, to me at this point. You know, it's every single week I look forward to it. I mean, I'm just astonished that you keep this thing happening basically every week. Yeah, uh, we are too. <laughs> it's you know, still uh, fun. Rob hasn't <laughs> lost his marbles yet. I think we're good. It's good to go. Keep it going. Thank One you. of these days I want to meet you both for real. You know, I want to... I want to... Yeah. Shake your hands and have some beers with you. Maybe we can actualize that sometime. But uh, until then, it's it's just nice to keep in touch and uh, you know do these occasional episodes. Uh, yeah, just just thanks for making it happen. It's really much appreciated. Well, thank you, I thank keep you. being like, hey, we should just invite you to come to, like Magfest one of these years, and then like it sells out in two minutes. So it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, like, like it just did. <laughs> yeah, so much for spontaneity. You can't have that when it's selling out two minutes yeah, after oh, it opens the doors. Or we can do a little trip up 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 his way. That would be a valid excuse to oh, finally no. go on a real vacation. Newcastle, You'd be very Newcastle. welcome. Yeah. It'd be a good time. All right. Um, would you like to plug anything of your own, Michael, before we say goodbye? Uh, yeah, I won't take too long with this. But yeah, I've got a podcast, Forever Sound Version. I uh, 
I play uh, deep cuts, classics, uh, old school, new school, streaming, track music. School. Back to school. Yeah, kids, get back to school and stay there. <laughs> it's September. Uh, all that good stuff that I'm really quite sure that all of your listeners already love. Uh, I like to think I have a, a slightly different perspective mm-hmm. on uh, VGM being from uh, Western Europe and being raised on you know Commodore 64 and stuff like that. But, you know, I love uh, consoles too. Uh, so, yeah, by all means, uh, check out an episode if you fancy. And like I said earlier, I'm doing this uh, 24-hour challenge to raise money for the Refugee Council this very weekend as we are recording. So <laughs> by the time this comes out, I'll have already completed the challenge. But if you want to check in and uh, donate, possibly, it's uh, justgiving.com slash fundraising slash weirdgames2018. And that's the numbers 2018. And uh, my channel on Twitch, which I don't use all that often, but I will be using for the challenge, is twitch.tv slash waskillyway. And that's where I'll be uh, doing the broadcast. And I think the video will be saved on there for a little while at least. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll, and don't we'll, let him, we'll link that up too, just in case. Whoops. And don't let him downplay the weird. There are some wacky freaking games on there. Like he was telling me about this one. It was based off like, like, a, was like an 80s pop star or something. Oh, Sabrina, yeah, yeah. That's a, an Italian pop star called Sabrina. This is a, a ZX Spectrum game, and it's it's like a side-scrolling brawler, <laughs> almost. But one of the attacks involves your uh, um, mammary glands. Uh, so, it's, was that was that safe for the podcast? No, we're know. fine at this hour. We're okay, okay. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm actually I'm super impressed that you're staying up for this, and then tomorrow going all through it again is this like a like a warm-up i guess it is technically tomorrow isn't it i mean yeah. i've got friday off to get myself recovered but no it's fine because i'm already running on idiot oh. time from staying up for 26 hours two nights ago when i came home from spain with my wife and i just can't sleep on planes yeah, and yeah. i feel yeah, that so, uh, all too well yeah, I mean, things are so i'm already i'm already going nuts with strange sleep patterns so this is nothing to me it's fine okay great yeah you know, you don't look like you're losing your mind at all. Not just a little bit, just a little bit. Just be mm. mindful of, like, if he starts talking to Mario as he's playing. <laughs> versus, <laughs> hey, put down the mushrooms and stop cheating. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, I know Lone Wolf in it is kind of a thing for a lot of people. It makes you feel like you're don't need to really rely on others because you're a tough person you handle it yourself but even with that said there's something to be said for teamwork and banding together for a common cause there's that sense of camaraderie there's a sense of just general efficiency getting things done quicker and better and ultimately just kind of forming bonds with the people that you team up with to get things done don't like things that typically involve being in teams like sports come up with some other stuff some like fundraiser goals like extra life which is coming up soon um you have join like culinary groups we make like meals together and then serve them to the homeless i don't know there's all kinds of wacky ways to form bonds and groupings and teams to get things done that don't have to be conventional the point is don't do it alone all the time get together and become a powerful force to be reckoned with with friends